Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. You ever have a moment where you're reminded again of just how good He is? And our prayer tonight is that we don't come and sing a few songs, but we would be reminded again, not reminded in our head, but reminded in our heart of just how good He is. When Pastor Nick was talking about legacy and he talked about the fact that we're on a mission from God so that the end of 2020, we would be positioned as a church to invest $20 million a year worth of community impact. He used two words. We want to raise $45 million so that. And I've got a sense tonight that God wants to reveal the so that for a whole bunch of people. You're not in school for an education only. Do your study. You're not in school for an education only. You're in school so that there is a presence of God in your school and wherever you are. You are not just a builder. You're a builder so that you can make a difference wherever you are. Legacy is so much more than a three-week campaign. Legacy is a so that. I love, I, this morning I had the opportunity to speak here at our central campus. And I opened up with, this is how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, so that on earth as it's done in heaven. And friend, would you look at me? Before we even get into, this is for free. This is even in my notes. This is tonight. There's going to be hundreds of us. And we're going to walk out, not with a corporate so that, but with a personal so that. That Jesus is with me so that I can make a difference wherever you are. Don't, don't look at yourself and see the faults that are so evident to only you. Look and see the deposit of heaven that is in you. You know what our job is as a church? You know what legacy is about? It's about bringing the heaven in us to the world around us. And let's be a church that's committed to saying, God, I need a revelation of you so that my world can be different. Amen. Father, I pray for every person in church tonight. Holy Spirit, I sense you here moving, speaking, challenging. God, I pray for those of us that maybe it's been a while since, you've sen- since we've sensed your presence. Tonight, would we encounter you afresh? Would we collide with the God who loves us and the God who cares for us? Father, I pray for every person in this room who does not yet know you, that by the end of this service, every one of us would have encountered your love and your grace and your mercy in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, let's give God one more huge, huge hand. He's awesome. Can we give these guys a huge hand? They are awesome. You can be seated. Year 12 of my high school year, my friend, uh, his name was Nathan. And his dad owned a car dealership. That's a sweet deal when you get your license, 
What's an even sweeter deal is when you are the friend of someone who gets their license and their dad owns a car dealership because what he got was a brand new Suzuki Fatahara. Four-wheel drive, beautiful. He got given it on the Friday. And his dad said, your mum and I are going away for the weekend. Get used to the car. There's one thing you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to go four-wheel driving until I am with you. I have, there is eight spiritual gifts in the Bible. I have a ninth spiritual gift. It is the gift of convincing someone to do something. So as soon as his dad was out of the door, I went to town. I'm like, come on, like just one little four-wheel drive? Right where we lived, you could get on a ferry, go across uh, the river to this place called Conjola Island. And on Conjola Island, you could go four-wheel driving. I said, hey, mate, let's go on Conjola Island. Like, we don't have to go on the four-wheel drive tracks. We can just stay on the dirt tracks. So we head over to Conjola Island. We drive up to the top of this cliff, and it's a grass bank. And uh, the grass bank looked like it was going straight down. I said, hey, you reckon your car? Like a real man would drive his car down there. Like it's grass. What can go wrong? Like, come on. He's like, all right, I'm in. So he puts it in four-wheel drive. Young people, block your ears right now. Puts it in four-wheel drive. He starts driving down. About halfway down the side of the hill, the council had laid telegraph poles down because they were, they were, they were replacing the telegraph poles there. I said, telegraph pole! So what he did was he turned. And all of a sudden I saw grass guy, grass guy, grass guy, grass guy, grass guy, as we rolled down the hill and ended up at the bottom of the hill. As we get to the bottom of the hill, his first words were, my dad's going to kill me. My words were, and I'm not going to be there. We found a lovely park ranger who happened to be driving past. He hooked his uh, rope onto the front of the car and used his electric, electric winch to roll the Vitara back over. And we discovered that it, it was okay in terms of scratches and all that. It was pretty good until you stood behind it and the whole body had been bent on the chassis. So the car was driving down the road on a lean. We get back to Nathan's house. We clean the car up. He says, you think that will notice? I'm like, well, only if you park it sideways. <laughs> His dad turns up home and I watch him in the driveway. He drives in the driveway. He's like, <laughs> comes inside. Boys! Man, I, I was praying that my mum would pick me up before that point. <laughs> Have you been four-wheel driving? Now, we were faced with a decision. Because I'm a Christian, we opted for the truth that time. I was, come on, I was in year 12. It was a journey, people. He goes, you guys go to Conjola Island? I, I wanted to be smart and say what gave it away, but I, I was wiser than that. He goes, all right, here's what needs to happen. We were just going to the school holidays. They were putting a pool in out the back and the construction company had dug the pool out, a 140,000 litre pool. They dug the dirt out and put it on the left-hand side of the pool. But he'd given instructions to put it on the right-hand side of the pool. 
And he said, boys, here's what you're going to do. You're going to spend the week moving 140,000 litres worth of dirt from that side of the pool. I'm like, Nathan decided to go. (laughs) So we spent five days. I was so overwhelmed (laughs) by the price I had to pay. Five days, blisters. On the Saturday, his dad comes home and it looked like we'd moved about 947 litres of the 120,000 litres that had to be moved. And he said, his dad says, oh, I forgot to tell you boys, I'd already paid the construction guy to come back tomorrow and he's going to finish this for you tomorrow. And I've never forgot that story because it's like so many Christians who are overwhelmed with the cost of what they have to pay for their shortcomings when they've got a Father in heaven that says, I already sent a son to pay the price for what you have done. You don't have to keep paying the price. You don't have to keep using your own ability and your own effort to move what you have already put in place. But Jesus came to pay the price for our shortcomings. And tonight is a night of praise. And here's the big idea tonight. Praise is a declaration of what Jesus Jesus has done and who he continues to be. Come on, praise is not about how good we are. It's not about how good we feel. It's not about where the circumstances are right. Praise is about what Jesus has done and who He continues to be. Friend, look at me. Why do we do legacy? Because we've got a world that needs to hear about what Jesus has done and what He continues to do. Praise is a declaration of how good Jesus is. I love Hebrews chapter 13. Now, before I read you this scripture, I want to give you the background. Hebrews chapter 13 is all about what the children of Israel used to have to do to get forgiveness for their sins. And the Bible says they used to have to make a sacrifice to get forgiveness of their sins. And they used to have to go to the temple to get forgiveness of their sins. And they used to have to keep a record of everything they've done wrong because the amount of sacrifice had to equal the amount of sin. I've got to be honest with you. It would be a short gap between leaving the temple and having to go back for me. Like I'd be on my horse and buggy. Coral Bond, who is a terrible driver, would cut me off. I would lose it internally and have to go right back to the temple and forget forgiveness for anger. Feel your pain, Cam. (laughs) But Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15 says this, Let us, therefore let us, offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to His name. Why does the passage start with therefore? What's the reason for a continual sacrifice of praise? Because in the Old Testament, 
People used to have to make a continual sacrifice of animals to repay. They were digging out that 120,000 liters of dirt all day, every day, because they had to go and make right what they had done wrong. But Hebrews 13 describes Jesus as giving himself as a sacrifice for us. There is no more price to be paid, friend. There is no more debt against your name. The blood of Jesus wipes out what you and I should have to pay for. Jesus hung on a cross and paid a debt he didn't owe because you and I owed a debt we couldn't pay. And therefore we can offer a continual sacrifice of praise because I'm good enough? No, through Jesus who gave His life so that you and I can be forgiven and move forward. Here's what praise does. Praise aligns our present with the eternal story that God has already written. Praise aligns our present with the eternal story that God has already written. Let me give you three reasons why we praise and then we're going to praise tonight. Because the dictionary describes praise as offering extreme gratitude and homage in words, in song, or in action. Don't lock praise to the two fast songs on a Sunday morning. Don't lock praise as the thing that gives you the buffer to get into church when you can't find a parking lot outside. Can't find a parking spot outside. Don't don't lock praise into the, okay, just gets me in the mood so then I can worship. No, no, no. Praise is an extreme gratitude or homage in word, in song, or in action. Listen, praise is more than a song, but it's never less than a song. When you go to work on Monday, you can praise by bringing your best to your work, by bringing hope to your work. Praise is a declaration of what He's already done and what He continues to do. Three reasons reasons why we praise. Number one, we praise because He has offered Himself. We praise because He has offered Himself. You ever think, you ever get trapped by the devil? He's got the same tricks that He had in the garden. And if I think about my past long enough, if I think about the stuff that I wish I hadn't have done long enough, I allow my mind to focus on the things I regret, then with that comes feelings of guilt and shame. When I look at my own gifting and ability, I can feel inadequate. But praise is not about what I have done. Praise is about the fact that even in spite of all that, He has offered Himself and He holds my past. He's already won my salvation. He's already won my freedom. I'm not working towards getting saved and I'm not working towards being uh, uh, being a candidate for freedom. Jesus hung on a cross and looked down the tunnels of time and saw you and I and said, I'll pay the price for them to be free. I'll pay the price for them to get saved. Last week, I was up at our North Campus and in between our services, I was out in the foyer and this this guy grabbed me. He goes, Pastor Scott, it's the most amazing thing happened to me this week. He grabs me looks me dead in the eye. He goes, Jesus paid the price. 
I can live with tears in his eyes. I can live free from the mistakes of my past. And I said, man, that's awesome. And then he looks at me, a bit confronting actually. He goes, do you believe that for you? And I thought, flip. I preach it. I tell other people about it. But when was the last time I had a personal revelation that Jesus gave it all for me? That Hebrews says that while I was dead in my sin, Jesus gave His life so that I could find life. And I think we can, if we've been in church a bit too long, we can think, well, that's good for a new Christian. But when was the last time you praised? Because you got a fresh revelation that He has offered Himself on behalf of yours and my challenge. And I reckon tonight when we praise, there's going to be a few people. You've been in church for decades. And you're going to get a fresh remembrance of the first day you realized He gave Himself for me. Number one, we praise because He gave Himself. He offered Himself. Number two, we praise because He does not change. We're in the middle of some crazy times. If you've been asleep for a while, then our world is a mess. The further we get away from God, the more carnage there is. And if you read the newspaper or get caught up with that whole side of things, if you watch too many YouTube clips and you go down too many rabbit warrens, you can begin to think, well, maybe his promises aren't yes and amen. Maybe the things that he said he would do, COVID's got a better ability and Bill Gates is going to trump it all. Look, I've got to be honest with you. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And in COVID, he is the same. And in crisis, he is the same. And in challenge, he is the same. And in the midst of a world that is on shifting sands, I've got to tell you that there is one thing that you can rely on and you can guarantee on and that's that Jesus does not change. His promises are yes and amen and what He said He will do, He will do. I love what Pastor Paul said during our lockdown. He said, look, yes, it's crazy and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on and there will be a whole, we're not downplaying that there will be a whole bunch of challenges that will be created out of COVID. However, God's got this, so therefore God's got you. Yeah, but I, I got made redundant. Yeah, but the God who had you before you got made redundant is the same God who's got you after you got made redundant. Yeah, yeah, but I got a terrible... I got a terrible diagnosis and we're not downplaying that. As a church, we're here to walk with you, to love you, to support you, to pastor you and to tell you every time we get a chance that the same God that had you before the diagnosis is the same God who has you after the diagnosis and we praise because He does not change. Circumstance may change, but He does not change. Friend, look at me. God's got this. Yeah, yeah, cute. No, no, no. More than cute. Reality. God's got this. So God's got you. Yeah, but I've messed up and I've created challenge. Yep, God's got this and God's got you. There is a story in the Bible of a prodigal son who said, Dad, I'm out of here. I can do this better. 
took all of his inheritance early. Lived it up. Lived the high life. And at the end of it, found himself in a pig pen. And the Bible paints the picture of the father every day. Just looking at the horizon. One day my boy's going to come home. And the boy in the pig pen, just imagine it starting him to write the letter that he's going to say, Dad, dear Dad, I'm so sorry. No, that's not right. He ends up at a place where he says, I'm going to go home and I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask my father, because of what I have done, that I've aborted any opportunity to be his son, but at least he'd give me the opportunity to be his servant. And the Bible says that when the son went to, to turn home, that when the father, who was a picture of God, caught a glimpse of him over the horizon, that he went running to embrace his son. He put a robe on his back. Why did he put a robe on his back? Because he'd been in a pig pen. If he had gone home, everyone would have known where he'd been. Listen, when you come into church and you've got your mess, welcome to the person's next to you got their mess. We're not here to parade everyone's mess. We're here to cover people's mess and say, God, you are the same yesterday, today and forever. We will help you walk through your stuff. He put a ring on the son's finger. You know what a ring represents? Ownership. This kid is not a servant. This kid is mine. Why? Because outside of my decisions, he is the same yesterday, today and forever. And then he put sandals on his feet. Why? Because he hadn't given up his destiny but God, the Father, still had a plan and a purpose for His life. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And tonight when we praise, there are some people in church tonight that you know where you've been and you know what you've done and you know what has happened, but you need to make a decision to look up into the eyes of your Father and say, I praise you because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Number three, we praise because He is with us. How crazy is that? That the Creator of heaven and earth wants to do life with you. I often think about my, my wife and I often think about her. And that girl can praise. We've had a crazy four months. There's been a hot, I mean, I could keep you here for a while telling you about the stuff. We've had COVID, plus my father passing away, plus some stuff with my brother, plus, 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 plus. And every morning I find that girl declaring who he is. Speaking over our family. God, you are with us. Yeah, but I don't feel him. When did we... Base life on feelings. Because she doesn't feel like loving me about 340 days a year. But He is with us. And one of the greatest opportunities I get, excuse me, excuse me, I don't want to trip over your handbag. It's a beautiful handbag, by the way. Where did you get that? It's very pretty. 
from here. Awesome. One of the greatest opportunities I get, and anyone that kind of works with people, group leaders, you'll understand this, is, journey, is journeying with people and seeing them discover what Jesus has done for them and what He continues to be. And I've got my friends here, Chris and Tammy, who he was leader of the year last year. And I think we gave you a prize you couldn't take because we got coveted, but we'll make that up. And I've watched this couple. How long have we known each other? Five years. Five years. I've, I've watched this couple over five years come to a revelation and an understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, and who He continues to be. And Chris, would you, for a couple of moments, tell us the beginning part of your journey. You invited God into some crises, and that was the beginning of your discovery. You'd been in church for decades pre this moment, and and in the last five years, really, have you begun to discover this vibrant relationship with God? It started with some crisis. Tell us a bit about that. It started with, uh, with two crises. Um, and the first one really was my daughter, uh, Tegan. Uh, she, she brought a crisis into my life because she started to attend life here. <laughs> and, um, and Warning that, flags, that, warning <laughs> flags. That really rocked my, my world. It rocked my Christian status. It rocked my, my beliefs because um, I had a tidy Christian package family and, uh, and that, that really hurt. Um, so I, I asked God to, to intervene and I asked him to, to bring her back. And uh, he, he answered. He answered exactly the opposite because my wife and Jaden started attending life uh, from there. And, and I remember the questions that, um, that Tammy would ask me was, was come to life. Come and, come and have a look. And I'd say, no. No, I already have a church. Why do I need two? And, and then she would say to me, don't you want to be encouraged and inspired? <laughs> and I would say, no, I'm, I'm happy being preached at. That's all, that's all I care for. And um, so... If we, if we then fast forward to, um, to Man Conference, um, that was the next time that I attended, uh, attended Life Year. I had to, to do that really to keep the peace with the, uh, with the three going to, to Life. And I also wanted to check it out just to, uh, to make sure that it was above board. And so at Man Conference, I, <clears throat> I decided uh, through a two or three month journey, I decided just to sit in the back and just be anonymous, not know anyone, and just listen for what God was trying to tell me. And um, so I did sit there, and then in the next 20 minutes was the next crisis. My son, Jaden, was on the floor of the church, knocked out unconscious. And, um, and I had to move from being anonymous to moving up the front where everybody could see me, and I'm saying, God, that's, that's not part of the plan. It was, I just wanted to sit there. Um, and, and, and previous to that, I'd come to that, to that service um, on a Father's Day. And I, I stood there at the singing with my arms folded, my lips not moving in case I enjoyed the singing. 
and, and then I looked up at the pastor on the stage and there was a guy who ticked every box which said, you cannot possibly be a pastor. He wore a faded haircut. He wore faded jeans, a jean jacket, which I'm wearing tonight. Oh, freedom. <laughs> and um, he, he didn't even stay near the pulpit. He moved around on stage. He was actually mildly interesting um, in his preaching. So in a word, as Scott knows, um, I didn't rate the guy because he, he ticked all those boxes that were contrary to what I believed. That was me, not Pastor Paul, by the yes. way. He, he rated Pastor Paul, not, just didn't rate me. In a so I said I won't bother going back there because of uh, how I judged on the outward appearance. But God was doing a work in my heart. And if we go to the man conference where now I bent down to, to see my son knocked unconscious in this church I'd never been into, really. And um, I said, can you hear me? He said, no. He could not feel his legs. He could not feel his arms. He could not move. And I cried out inside and I said, God, please touch my son. And I got up and I looked up on stage and there was Pastor Scott, still in his faded jacket, his ripped jeans. But the compassion and the love that looked down at me and it was that relationship that he had externally that was coming through, but it was the internal relationship that I could see that he had and the care and the compassion. And he got all the men to pray for someone they didn't know. And, and that really touched my heart because that was the kind of relationship I wanted. I had this, I was a performance Christian who just felt that if I did perform for God and not with God, then things were going to be uh, okay. And I, and I was searching for that deep relationship with God. And, and that's what I saw here in you, Pastor Scott, that love and that, that compassion on that time. You, you know why I came down into the crowd here? It's because our praise is not just for us. Our praise is for other people. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were in prison and the Bible says at midnight they began to praise and... At midnight, the chains broke and not just their chains, but the jailer's chains and everyone else in prison's chains. And now I watch Chris on a Sunday, him and Tammy normally sit up over here and they worship God. And I watch a bunch of young people watch Chris worship God and what God has done in Chris's life becomes a hope for someone else. And church, never, never lets net. Let's never keep our praise to ourselves, but let's declare who Jesus is, what Jesus has done and who He continues to be because Chris's story is not a story in isolation, but it's the story of the church of Jesus Christ who needs to go out into the world. Legacy is about a noise of praise in our world that if you've got a need, God's got an answer. If you are broken, He can heal. If you are destitute he can rebuild and you're looking at a guy you're looking at a guy you just heard from a guy who is a hero of our staff we call him the major because God help you if you cross him but we call him the major because he takes his passion of who Jesus is and doesn't keep it to a Sunday but takes it everywhere 
He goes. And tonight, here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend some moments and we're going to activate praise. And we're going to praise God because of the fact that Jesus offered Himself for you. We're going to praise because He does not change. We're going to praise because He is with us on the mountaintop and in the valley. He is with us in our good days and in our bad days. When we do the right thing, when we don't do the right thing, would you stand to your feet? Church, tonight He is worthy of our praise because praise is a declaration of what Jesus has done and who He continues to be in this moment. Can we lift up a shout and declare that He is worthy of our praise? He is worthy of our worship, that Jesus is enough. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.